Establishing relationships with equipment suppliers is important because hurdles will occur when you're building a practice, when you're bringing in a new piece of equipment and you need that support there in training, and then ultimately you need support in servicing and maintaining that piece of equipment. I'm Corey Brown, and this is Provides, the Path to Owning It podcast, where I sit down with trusted industry experts in Provides Network to give you the tools and advice you need to take your practice ownership dreams into your own hands. From owning your own practice to expanding or improving an existing practice, we'll help pave the way for you to achieve your dental or veterinary career dreams and guide you through all the nuances of the practice ownership journey. Please make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Today, we're here with John Butts, Director of Marketing for Patterson Veterinary Supplies Equipment and Supplementary Business. John has been with Patterson Veterinary Supply his whole career and knows what it takes to start, outfit, and grow an animal hospital. He and his team focus on supporting veterinarians so they can focus on patient care. They stand by their motto of, trusted expertise, unrivaled support. John, we're so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Now, you've been in the business, like we said, for 31 years with Patterson. I'm sure you've seen uh, it all. Can you talk to us about the progression of veterinary medicine that you've witnessed during your career? Well, it's definitely been a ride. I started in the business in 91 after graduating from Auburn University. And you look at the migration of what's occurred from a medicine standpoint and from an equipment standpoint. When I got into the business, there were daily heartworm pills, a product called Carbam in the product. And we've now moved up to monthly products and combination products. The flea and tick products at the time were a company called Vetchem, which was a 12-step process of bombing your house, dipping your dog, everything involved in trying to keep those fleas out of your house to the monthly products we have today, to Pfizer's introduction of Rimadil with an NSAID into the market in the additional work that companies brought in from an inside and an outside lab standpoint for blood work. And then the progression of equipment from an x-ray standpoint, our customers were using dip tanks and hand film when I got into the market, which moved on to an automatic processor where you were feeding the film into it to what we're dealing with today with a digital rad where you just take an image and in seconds you've got that image up on a computer screen. The dentistry has come a long way. 10, 15 years ago, ultrasound started to come into the mix into veterinary medicine and we're getting more of the human side and human applications brought into the veterinary arena with laparoscopy, with CT, with MRI. So it's really exciting to see that progression over the years. If you could boil it down to one or just a couple things, what do you think has been the single biggest driver for this kind of uptick in vet medicine? I'd have to say it's the change of where the pet lives in a house. Our pets have moved from living in the backyard, living in a kennel, to sleeping with the owners. They've truly become a family member, and they're moving into the house. They're kind of the children of the house, too, as well. With that comes a higher expectation of medicine and how the veterinarian is going to treat their pets. And why do you think there's been that change in where the pets kind of reside in the home? I mean, I have a dog myself and certainly know he sleeps with me more often than in his own bed. But where did that change or I guess when did that happen, do you think? It's a good question. You know, whether it was the baby boomers having all of their children move out of their homes, 
bringing in pets and having that extra income to actually take care of their animals at a higher level. I think that started it off in just the mindset today of millennials and in the newer generation of having their pets be family members too. They grew up with that as their parents were baby boomers changing that mindset. And now they truly see their pets as family members. Yeah, I think you're totally spot on. You hinted at equipment and kind of technology a little earlier, but how has that really played a role in these changes that you've seen? The medical products, the flea and tick and the heartworm and the NSAID products were great introductions into veterinary medicines, and it was a huge influx of revenue for veterinarians. What those products did is they put a Band-Aid on veterinarians actually looking at and focusing in on the services that they provided in a practice because of that influx of cash. And once we stopped having those new novel medicines come into the mix, and then also in conjunction have the pressure of online pharmacies pulling some of that product out, we started to see a focus on the services. What can we provide? How can we better take care of our pets? Which then led to ultimately, number one, better medicine in a practice sense, better control of their P&L because their revenue isn't now just focused on the -the over-the-counter and the FDA-approved products. And ultimately, the services that they're now providing, which are in direct alignment with the equipment, they're generating additional revenue and making a healthier practice. Absolutely. What sort of new trends are you seeing in veterinary equipment and technology? What is next? We're still in a trend with dentistry. A lot of veterinarians are moving to taking dental rads in their practice. They're seeing the medical benefit of looking at the structure of the tooth, seeing abscesses where they didn't see abscesses. So I do see that continuing and maybe even at a higher level as they're trained to take care of those problems. Ultrasound continues to grow dramatically. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, we would sell an ultrasound. But there really wasn't a whole lot of robust training available, too, as well. So many of those ultrasounds collected dust with a sheet over it in the corner of the room. The companies we're dealing with now, one in particular core, part of the whole process is that training that is also offered in conjunction with a quality product. So the veterinarians aren't left alone trying to figure out how to use the products and the new technology with what we're doing right here. A veterinarian can sink right in while they're looking at a patient with our partners at core and take a look at and analyze what they're actually seeing. I alluded earlier to laparoscopy. We've got a great partner with Vetovations where we're now able to not only provide the products, but we've got partners that will go into the surgery suite with our doctors, help them learn how to use the product. It's better medicine. Most instances, it's an easier recovery. And I think a lot of doctors that might be getting a little stale in the surgery suite Adding this new technology to their opportunity to treat pets is exciting for them too. And ultimately, it's going to bring additional revenue to the practice. Some procedures that they're currently sending to a specialist like GDV, where they're able to go in laparoscopically and tack the stomach for a Great Dane, let's say, on their own versus sending it down the road to a specialty practice. And we're always trying to look at bringing technology, better medicine, and ultimately revenue back to our practices. Yeah, that's fantastic. And with all of this new equipment and technology and these suites and offices, let's talk a little bit about the service side of your business. Can you speak to that and how your service technicians help continue to support your veterinarians? 
Absolutely. Our service division is a huge differentiator for Patterson. We are the only distributor in the U.S. that has a national field service team. And our service team is manufacturer trained and we're able to work on and install about 85% of the products that a veterinary clinic would have under their roofs. There are certain products in certain manufacturers due to warranty claims and the way the manufacturers want to do business where we're not allowed to touch those pieces of equipment, but the bulk of them we are able to work on. We can walk in a clinic and do break fix, not only for the products that have been purchased by Patterson, but any product that we're able to walk in and take care of. We do preventative maintenance programs, too, as well, where we can set up a regular schedule monthly, quarterly, and come in and take care of and maintain all of the equipment in a practice, as well as we partner with our manufacturers and install the new equipment as well when we sell and help our customers bring new technologies into practices. In every instance, is with the brake fix, the preventative, and the installation, service techs also help train the folks that are in our practices. And it's really awesome to see our service team become a member of the clinic team and mold into that whole process of taking care of ultimately the pets. But our job is to take care of the equipment and make sure it's running efficiently. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, You mentioned preventative maintenance. How important is that when maintaining new equipment and technology? And should that be a consideration when making that purchase? Of course. I, I mean, you can imagine the cost of some of the capital pieces of equipment that are being purchased. The longer you can keep that equipment in top peak shape, the better your return on your investment. From a clinic standpoint, there are many challenges to how and when and who do we reach out to when a piece of equipment comes down, who is going to be responsible to make all of those calls, how do we train the people in the clinic to know what and when to work on and take care of those pieces of equipment, who to call. Yeah. The benefit of our service department, it's literally one phone number to our service coordinators. And we then can direct you if this is a piece of equipment we can't work on, we can point you in the right direction. But again, the lion's share of the pieces of equipment we are able to take care of. And the ultimate goal is to keep those pieces of equipment running because there is a financial impact to a clinic. Recently, my daughter brought her pit bull outside of Charlotte down for a dental. Her clinic was down for almost two weeks with their dental machine. And we delayed the dental, but many clients move on and find somebody else to do those dentals. The dental costs $655, including the lab work, the x-ray, the catheters, the fluids, and the dental itself. Yeah. Two to three of those a day, That turns into about $2,000 a day. So weekly, a clinic could be looking at $10,000 in lost revenue. And that doesn't even include the impact to the staff and having to reschedule, the impact to the customer and having to adjust, and ultimately the impact to the pet if that pet had an abscess and was in pain. So again, financial impact, staff impact, it's a huge impact and thus the importance of maintaining that equipment. Yeah. And to avoid that sort of impact on one's own hospital, are there any sort of like warning signs that are universal when a piece of equipment needs serviced or is maybe not functioning as properly as it should? It's going to depend on the piece of equipment. Yeah. Typically, a technician or a doctor will feel on a dental machine whether their machine isn't performing correctly because they're not able to scale as effectively. Anesthesia, 
you're not keeping the pet down right. as effectively. I mean, there are different levels of knowing when a piece of equipment is failing. Yeah. And I would imagine that there's a correlation between having kind of new and modern equipment and tech and overall hospital growth. Can you speak to your thoughts on that? I believe there is a correlation. I mean, there's an expectation from our clients today that best medicine is going to be practiced in the clinics that they work with. And there's lots of competition out in the workspace now. A lot of corporate groups buying practices and a lot of veterinarians opening up new practices throughout the country. So you've got that competition hospital to hospital, but there's also competition for employees and hiring employees within your practices. The higher end products and well-maintained equipment actually attracts and retains employees better. So when you're competing in the marketplace for talent to work in your practice, that technology, that equipment is definitely going to be a draw for those veterinarians, technicians, and support staff to work in your practice versus the practice down the street. Yeah, I would imagine most people would want to work somewhere that has all digital x-rays versus like the dip tank you spoke about earlier. So yeah, not too many dip tanks left in the marketplace today. (laughs) I can imagine. So what would you say then to those veterinarians who are reluctant to make an investment in new equipment and technology due to just how much it costs? I challenge them to not only look at the cost because the the invoice price can be overwhelming, especially if you're looking at a CT at dollars $100,000, $200,000. Right. But sit down and punch the numbers and look at the return on your investment that you're making because it makes sense. Look at the number of procedures that you're going to be able to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Look at the new clients you might attract to your business by effectively marketing in your town or city what you're able to do versus your competitors. Ultimately, it's overall better medicine too as well. And that return on your investment is going to pay for that piece of equipment and generate additional revenue for you to go back and pay staff better and invest back into your practice. Yeah. Thanks for your thoughts on that, John. You know, we've talked about the growth of the veterinary industry in recent years and how equipment and technology have really been a big part of that. Um, But when we return, I'd like to dive into how having the right relationships uh, with your industry partners can set you on your own path to success. More with John after the short break. Meet the newest reason to finance your dream practice with Provide. The Provide Card the credit card built specifically for dental and veterinary practice owners. Available in addition to your Provide practice loan, with the Provide card, you'll be transported to a world of new opportunities for your practice, where you can securely make bulk supply orders and earn tailored rewards on your purchases. You can earn up to 3% rewards on healthcare practice and lab supplies and 1% rewards on all other purchases all the time, with no rotating categories and no point expiration. At Provide, we're creating the future of personalized banking for healthcare practice owners. To learn how to apply for your tailored card with tailored benefits, contact your Provide representative or visit getprovide.com slash provide card for more information, including rewards terms and conditions. I'm Corey Brown, and this is Provide's The Path to Owning It podcast. We're back with John Butts, Director of Marketing for Patterson Veterinary Supplies Equipment and Supplementary Business. Let's dive into how having a strong relationship with your equipment and technology partners can help you grow your business. 
Um, John, I know Patterson Veterinary Supply is known for its customer-centric approach and offers seminars, right, that are focused on ways to grow one's business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. We've developed a program called Guiding Practice Success, GPS. And the program is designed to help veterinarians navigate all the hurdles and challenges of building or expanding their hospitals. And the goal is to bring in experts that are part of that process to help guide them through the process and answer questions. We bring in bankers, and we've been fortunate to have Provide present some during our GPS events. We bring in a veterinary-specific accountant to talk how to set up your business and how to measure your business to make sure you're successful. We bring in real estate individuals to help talk about buying land, purchasing land, when to negotiate with your leaseholder if you're in a lease space. We have design consultants that we have internally that talk about designing your practice. We bring in a contractor to talk to our customers about the challenges of working with a builder in building or expanding their practices. And then we've got folks that come on and talk about leadership and how to lead your practices. And then part of the second, third day of the process, we have some breakout events where we've got discussions on project management, on inventory control, on marketing how to use all of the technology that's available in the business. And my favorite part is actually the panel discussion that occurs the second evening where we bring in prior GPS attendees to talk to the folks that are in the throes of the process and answer their questions. And it's great to see their encouragement to have the current attendees get a push, a nudge to know that they can do this. And it's just an awesome part of the equation. Yeah, sounds like a one-stop shop for anyone who's looking to grow or expand their business. And with that said, who should attend this event? Should we be looking at aspiring owners as well as established practice owners? Absolutely. Anyone that is considering building a new practice ground up in a lease space or doing a substantial expansion in their current practice should consider attending a GPS event. Yeah, that's great to know. And, you know, what do attendees take away from this event? Knowledge. Knowledge from experts, from people that have been in their position, from equipment specialists from Patterson that have already walked through the process. I hope they walk away with confidence in knowing that they've got a team to support them on this journey and they'll gain that support that's going to be needed because there will be challenges in the process. You cannot build or expand a practice without challenges and you need partners there to help you walk through that process. And Patterson's built a reputation of not only helping you build your practice, but help you manage your practice. We're not there and walking away. We are truly wanting a lifelong relationship with our veterinarian soup to nuts, because ultimately, if our customers win, we win. And that's the beauty of the whole process. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the show, and you've mentioned it a few times today, how important it is to have that right team of industry experts around you when starting this process or expanding your current hospital. Can you speak to that a little bit more and why it's so important to have this team around you? It's imperative to have that team around you, to partner with somebody that's been there, that has made some mistakes so you don't make the mistakes again, and you don't have to make those mistakes. As I alluded, there are going to be roadblocks. One of our equipment specialists made the process similar to a a whitewater rafting guide. 
the guide knows the rapids. He knows where the rocks are under the water, and we can help navigate you around those rocks and bring you down the river safely. That's kind of the process of a build and an expansion. There are going to be rocks under the water that you're not prepared for, but we've been there. Uh We've done that, and we know how to react when those challenges do come up. So having the right partner to guide you through those challenges is priceless. Yeah. And you're not going away if they do run into those later down the line, it sounds like, as well. (laughs) Absolutely not. We are vested for the life of that practice. Yeah. You mentioned having doctors come in on that second day that have attended before to speak to new attendees. Do you have any success stories from doctors who've attended that you could share with us today? Actually, a great success story is Dr. Beth Mahaffey and Jen Heller at Penridge Animal Hospital out of Quakertown, Pennsylvania. They attended a GPS years ago. Their story, they had an owner that had promised them the purchase of the practice, and ultimately the practice was sold to a corporate group. So everything was pulled out from underneath of them. They left the practice, bought, I believe it was Dr. Jen's parents' minivan called Wanda, (laughs) and they opened up a mobile veterinary practice. Our Patterson territory manager found a property for them Our equipment specialist, Matt Fletcher, then worked with Dr. Beth and Dr. Jen in designing and developing their practice. And they've been in business for some time. They recently did an expansion with Patterson, too, as well, and doubled their square footage. I believe they're up to about 5,000 square feet in their practices with eight doctors now in It is awesome to see them up on the stage because they are actually some of the panelists that we bring back to talk to our attendees and the encouragement that they give hearing their story to the the folks that are in the seats that are going through the processes is pretty amazing to hear their story. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Shows just what perseverance can do for sure. Absolutely. And it's just the nudge and the encouragement. You can do this. That goes miles with folks that are questioning whether they can actually do this. Absolutely. And, you know, where and uh, when is your guiding practice success event this year? And how can a veterinarian who has kind of a growth mindset attend? Our next event is actually going to be in St. Louis. Most veterinarians fly in. It's the only cost involved in the whole process is you getting to the event. We cover all of the other costs from the hotel and all the food and pay for all of the presenters. Our event in St. Louis is coming up in May 15th through the 17th. We actually have some spots open, limited, but definitely some spots open. We do three events a year. We'll have another event later in the year in October of this year and then in February of 2024. Awesome. And if our listeners have not connected with their Patterson rep yet, how can they get in touch to learn more and to sign up for the event? I would suggest they reach out to me directly, either via cell phone at 804-402-2188 or via email, J-O-N period B-U-T-Z at pattersonvet.com. And I would be happy to answer any questions or direct them to their equipment specialists and folks within Patterson that will take good care of them. Thank you for that, John. Now let's end with this. What's the one thing that animal hospital owners can do today that will help them grow their business the most this coming year? No pressure. One thing. (laughs) Why don't I answer that with one equation? 
I recently reread a book by a gentleman named John Spence, who's one of the top 100 business thought leaders in America. This book was called Awesomely Simple. And his equation for business excellence or success was talent plus culture plus extreme customer focus times disciplined execution equals business excellent. Talent, success is tied directly to the quality of people that you hire and train and keep in your practice. Culture, John says culture equals cash. A toxic culture in a practice can drive the business into the ground. Extreme customer focus is whoever owns the voice of the customer owns the marketplace. You've got to know what your customer wants, and then you've got to deliver what your customer wants. And finally, disciplined execution. All the three other items are very important, but without this disciplined execution, everything else is useless. You need accountability in your practice. You need coaching. You need mentoring, and you need to celebrate the successes that occur within your practice. So I I really love that equation that John uses, that talent plus culture plus extreme customer focus times discipline execution. I truly believe that will bring success to a practice. John, I could not think of a better response to that question. Thank you so much for that. We really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us today. You certainly have provided our listeners with some valuable advice and tools to help grow their animal hospitals. So thank you very much. It's been my pleasure, Corey. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Path to Owning It. If you're ready to take your practice ownership dreams into your own hands, be sure to visit getprovide.com to pre-qualify and browse our practice marketplace or check out our news page for more helpful resources. The Path to Owning It is brought to you by the team at Provide with production assistance from Sarah Parkey and Slide9 Agency. And it's produced by PodCamp Media, branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. Producer Dusty Weiss, editor Mackie McCunda. For Provide, I'm Corey Brown. Thanks for being on the journey with us. Provide is a division of Fifth Third Bank National Association. All opinions expressed by the participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Provide, its affiliates, or Fifth Third Bank. The participants' opinions are based on information they consider reliable, but neither Provide, its affiliates, nor Fifth Third Bank warrant its completeness or accuracy and should not be relied upon as such. This content is for informational purposes and does not constitute the rendering of legal accounting tax or investment advice or other professional services by Provide or any of its affiliates. Please consult with appropriate professionals related to your individual circumstances. All lending is subject to review and approval.